kind of joy. The Bible says that the heavens rejoice when a soul is one. And so when we evangelize, we create joy in the heavenly. Somebody say amen. And also, evangelism gives boldness to a believer to say no in the face of sin. And so when you evangelize, you continue to grow and you get to a place where you are able to say no to certain things. Not everything that comes your way you must do. Not everything that comes your way is for you. Amen. And so tonight, I'll be teaching on a practical guide on evangelism. A guide on evangelism. It is important that we know this thing so that when we evangelize, we see results from these things. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Awesome. Mark chapter 16 verse 15. Mark 16 15. Can we have that scripture up on screen? Let's read it together. I want to go. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall what? But he that believeth what? Shall be damned. May you not be damned in the name of Jesus. So, having done a review of what we started off with on Wednesday, let's proceed. Somebody say let's proceed. Matthew chapter 28. Let's have this on record for the opt-in time. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and where? In heaven and in earth. In verse 19, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the what? Of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to what observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The major thing there, do what? Teaching them to do what? To observe all things. To observe all things. So, what's the reason for this teaching today? One, we, you may discover that the approach devoted to the subject of evangelism varies from what you might normally expect to get from evangelism. Now, not everybody is the same. Are you with me? When you look at your five fingers, they look equal, right? Right? All five fingers, they are equal, right? They all look the same, the same height, the same length. Everything, they look the same, right? No, okay. So that means that they are not all the same. And so people varies. And so this teaching is an effort to overcome the, the problems that follow the personal work on evangelism. Now, I'll show you some. Some people tend to lose their zeal when it comes to evangelism. True or false? But when it's a concert, everybody's excited. And so, when it comes to reaching out for Christ, some people lose their zeal. And I don't know if I'll be able to do it. Some people who do not have the ability to teach are sometimes being made to feel that they are not as dedicated to the Lord as those who teach. So there is this inferiority complex in the Lord that is created. You know, we've been doing this thing for years. So you are you're a small boy, you're a small girl. Amen. Some people going out to teach before they are really prepared to teach. And oftentimes they do more damage than good. So remember the example I gave on Wednesday. You don't meet someone who you're trying to evangelize and say, if you don't repent, you will die. The minute you do that, you shut the person down. The attention span of the person is shut off. It's cut off. They don't want to listen to you anymore. What makes you think, I have not given my life to Christ? Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, 
some people who are unable to teach with this kind of teaching are shown how they can greatly improve, grow themselves, or assist those who can teach to teach those who cannot teach. Are you understanding me? And so, what should be a motivating factor in evangelism? Somebody talk to me. Anybody. What should it be? Speak up. Winning souls for God. Anybody else? Because she said winning souls, so you need to come up with something else. Sharing the gospel. Love for God. Okay, what else? Huh? Now, who is our example for evangelism? Jesus Christ, right? So what was it? What was the it thing that moved Christ to evangelize? Huh? His assignment. Okay. We're going somewhere. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21. It says, For even hereunto were ye called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. So, Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. There's something I want to point out to you. And if you don't have this thing, it's over. Let's read it together. One to go. And Jesus went forth. Uh-huh. Hold it right there. He was moved with what? The reason why Christ died for you, that even while we were yet sinners, he died for us, was because of what? Compassion. The eighth factor, the motivation for evangelism is what? Compassion. Okay, let's continue. And he was moved with what? Towards them, and he did what? He was moved with compassion and decided that he was going to do something about their situation. Matthew chapter 15, verse 32. The Bible reads, it says, Matthew 15, 32. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have what? Are we together? What did he say? I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat and I will not send them away fasting. So, child of God, originally these guys were not even fasting. So for Jesus, compassion led him to pray the Father that provision be made for them to eat. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? And so, compassion moved him to do two things. If you can write this down, write it down quickly. Number one, or the first thing, was to ask his disciples to pray that God might send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are what? A few. And so in Matthew chapter 9 verse 37, Jesus speaking, he says, Then he said unto his disciples, The harvest is truly, it's truly what? But the laborers are what? Now go to verse 38. What does he say in 38? He said what? Pray ye therefore, the Lord who has caused the harvest, pray unto him that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. The first thing he did was to ask his disciples to pray that God will send out laborers. The second thing he did was to do something about the harvest himself. Remember, who is our example? Jesus Christ. Having prayed that God should send laborers to reach out to people, 
It's not enough for you to just pray. Take a step further to do something about the harvest. Am I making sense? You know, don't have this they will do it mentality. It's not my work. You know, that's why some of us, we see some certain things and it looks out of place, but you tend to walk past it because because of what? He says, it's not my work. It's not my business. But Jesus would decide, I will do something about it myself. So, Matthew chapter 10. We'll read verse 1, verse 5, and verse 7. Matthew chapter 10, next year. And when he had called him unto him, his 12 disciples, what was the first thing he did? Come on, come on, talk to me. He gave them ability against unclean spirits. You are about to face what I face, so you got to possess what I possess. Now, I'll explain certain things to you about this scripture. To cast them out and to heal all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases. Remember, he was moved with compassion and he began to do what? Heal the sicknesses and diseases. So guess what, child of God? Every unclean spirit or every sickness, there is an unclean spirit responsible for it because sickness is unclean. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? Now go to verse 5. This 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, read it. Uh-huh. But Jesus, you're just saying in the previous chapter, pray ye the harvest that God will send. And now you're telling us, don't go into certain areas. Why? Because I need to equip you for those areas. And look at it. They never went into the areas of the Samaritan until Paul came into being. Verse 6. It says what? But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I know you want to go out to the Gentiles. I know you want to go out to the people out there. But before you go out there, let us walk on the house first. Charity begins at, cleanliness begins at, lying begins at, stealing begins at. Let's walk on the interior. I doubt if there is any building that I've, I've never seen any building that is done that they start painting the outside before the inside. They walk from the inside out. And as believers, we are not people that are explosive. We walk, we are implosive. We manifest from the inside out. We don't manifest from the outside in. Are you understanding me? Go to the next verse, verse 7. It says what? As ye go, preach. He didn't say, preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Or preach whatever you get in your dream and revelation. He said what? Preach specifics, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He didn't say preach saying if you don't give your life to Christ you shall die. When you tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand they become interested in knowing about this kingdom and in knowing about this kingdom you explain to them that God so loved the partakers of this kingdom that he gave his only begotten son that they may be able to access this kingdom. But if you don't believe, so now he gave, it was his choice. But his choice is not binding on your choice. Him giving was his choice. But you are left to choose if you want to believe on his choice 
or not. But if you believe, you shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But if you don't believe, the Bible says what? If they don't believe, they shall be what? Damned. Oh, wow. I believe. Do you see? Are you seeing it? Specifics. Jesus understood that this thing can be so hot and we, we have the tendencies to say the wrong things for the right purpose. Is somebody with me? So, let me open up your mind to something. He called his disciples and brought them into a place. Go back to verse 1. These were guys, some of them were fishermen. Some of them were tax collectors. Some of them carpenter. One was a doctor. Diverse occupations. Now mind you, Jesus never told them, give your life to me. If there was anything Jesus could not do while on earth, he could not save any man. He could not. He could not. That's why he said, greater work shall you do. Why could he not save any man? Because he needed to die first. So when he died, the saving power was activated. So when he said, greater work shall you do, you shall cast out demons in my name. Not well in my life. After I'm gone. So that's why when the sons of Sceva were faced <laughs> with the demon, he said, Jesus I know, Peter I know, Paul I know. Who are you? How dare you come to me when you have not received power? Somebody hearing me. And so what was the thing that he did when he called this his 12? Understand this. He called them sometime before to be his disciples. His immediate followers. Constant attendance. They were always with him. And he told them, I will make you fishers of, of men. Which promise he performed. Because they began to speak like he did. They began to act like he did. Now, understand this. That Christ commonly confers honor and graces by degrees. There are levels to this thing. There are levels to the confinement. Has anybody ever seen a honorary doctorate degree given to a 100 level student? You want to kill him. He must have gone through the training, have an undergraduate degree, have a master's degree, and sometimes even have a PhD or another master's. And, you know, he's, he's, he's looked worthy to be honored with an honorary degree. Is somebody hearing me? So Christ confers honor and graces by degrees. And so all this while Christ was keeping them, it was two things. Number one, they were in a state of probation. That is why Christ will never do anything through them beyond his view. Watch this. He went to pray. They were in the boat. They were in the boat. There was a storm and everything. He appeared on the water. Within his, his view. When he sent them to go pray for the boy who was possessed, the Bible said they went to him and they came, they went to the boy and they came back to him and said, This one, all, it did not work. <laughs> and he would say to them, This one cannot go except by prayer and fasting. So if you look at it, for every time he will want to go pray, he will take them with him so that they can see in probation. And learn. Are you understanding what I'm saying? 
Little wonder, before he will die, he will tell them, tarry ye, where? In Jerusalem, until you are endued with what? Power. I know you want to be busy. I know you got stuff to do. But wait until you are given that power before you move. Because if you move, you will be powerless. So, the whole time these guys were with Christ, even up to the point of betrayal, they were on probation. Wow. So Judas even failed a test in probation. Peter failed his test in probation. You know something I feel? Peter came back to say, ah, he realized I failed my master. And he asked for mercy. But Judah said, I failed my master. It's best I kill myself. Do you think Judas would have been forgiven? I won't go into that topic today. And so, throughout this time, he made himself an example for them. He made himself a, a standard for them. He made himself a model for them. And so he explained to them that this thing must be done by transference, by laying of hands. So therefore, if any man has not understood or been taught, hands must not be laid suddenly on him, but let him first observe. Let him first learn. I know some people in this church will be like, why the pastor not give me mic to preach? I am watching you. I probably might give you and you get up there and you say things that can destroy you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, it's just like a singer. Have you sang before? No. Have you done? No. But you know, I feel the call of God upon my life to sing. And then you get on the stage, you say, no, don't listen to the voice, but listen to the words of the song. Get out of that stage. You're not ready. We need your sweet singing voice. Are you understanding me? The Bible talks about David, that when he played skillfully, he was described as one who played the harp, what? skillfully and a man of war now mind you when he received this description he only killed the lion and the bear in the bush when nobody was there so who told them he was a mighty man of war when he will be in the bush he will take out his harp while the sheep are, are eating the lord is my shepherd i shall not want that was where he wrote the psalms is somebody understanding what i'm saying he put them in a place of training. Number two, he put them in a state of preparation. Somebody say preparation. How many of you here, you enjoy eating raw rice? Anybody? Nobody? You don't like raw rice? Wow. How about when you boil it half-cooked? You don't like it half cooked? Ah. So you like it done, well cooked. Why? Huh? It will digest better. If you are not prepared, wait. Let me cite an example to you. How many of us know our Father in the Lord? You know him. You believe the grace of God is on his life. Good. Excel, you might catch this. If you are on a flight from Lagos or from Benin to Lagos, we are ready to take off, the aircraft door is shut, and the next thing you hear is that the pilot has collapsed. What will you do? 
Huh? You look for a parachute. But now, you are still sitting. Everybody is in panic. You panic. But then our Father in the Lord gets up. Say, praise the Lord. I am Reverend Dr. Felix Omobude. By the grace of God, I will fly this plane. We'll take off from Benin and we'll land in Lagos. How many of you will sit on that flight? <laughs> How many of you will sit on it? Even I won't sit on it. <laughs> Not because I don't trust him, but I, I, I think to myself, or I know to myself, he is not prepared. Because he's not trained to be a pilot. Amen? And so it is best, Jesus put them in a place of preparation by taking them with him. Showing them, this is how you do it. When Lazarus was dead, he took them with Roll away the stone. I said this sickness was not unto death. So you see how I do it? This is the model. When he was teaching them to pray, he said, this is how you do it. Our Father who art in heaven, show them the steps. Come in with thanksgiving. Exalt him. Before you begin to bring your needs and end it up with thanksgiving again. He showed them the steps. He will always tell them, this is who I am. Are you understanding me? Little wonder when the apostles began to manifest after they were endued with power, all sicknesses and manners of diseases were subject to them because they were exhibiting what they had learned. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There are certain churches you go to. Now, the spiritual leader of the church may not be around, but when you see the mannerisms of the pastor, the way he does things, you, you, you begin to wonder if you are in the presence of, the, of, of their senior pastor. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You get no praise you the Lord. God is said to do something in this house. Are you hearing me? In this commission, there are certain things... Oh, you have an idea who, who, who I'm talking about. But if you transcend through their ministry, you observe this is how. Why? Because they have dwelt with him. They have stayed with him. They have absorbed him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, when you dwell with Christ, you stay with Christ. You absorb Christ. When you begin to manifest, all people see is Christ. When the guy at the beautiful gate got up and started walking, do you know they didn't ask for Peter's name? Check it. There's the only thing they said is that this one is not Leonard, but he has been with Christ. Where did the name Christians come from? From people who have absorbed Christ. Let me tell you something. When you absorb Christ, when you go off on evangelism, You don't need to explain that the Spirit of God is upon me. Why? Because it manifests through you. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? He prepared them by taking them with him. He prepared them by teaching them. And so if you have not taught them, don't blame them. If they don't know, don't blame them. He taught them. He took them. He told them, go look for something that I can pray over. They brought it. And he lifted it up and gave thanks. Let me tell you something. If that same need arose, even in the absence of Christ, the disciples knew what to do. Are you understanding what I'm saying? They knew what to do. When Peter got up to preach and 3,000 people came to God, came to Christ, he was only exhibiting what he saw Jesus do in the wilderness. If Jesus could do it, I can do better. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so, child of God, have this understanding. When you go out to evangelize, have this at the front of your mind, not even at the back, at the forefront of your mind, that God opened doors for prepared workers. If you are not prepared, you cannot have access. The Bible talks about the ten virgins. He said five were what? We're wise, 
And the other five were what? What was the distinguishing factor? Five were prepared. Do we know when he will come? No, but let's have extra. First Corinthians, Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. In First Corinthians, let's go there quickly. First Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9. He says, for a great door and effectual is open unto me. But what followed next? Child of God, know this. For every great door that is open, there are adversaries waiting to attack you. And so if you are not prepared, you will fall to the attack of the enemy. If you are not prepared, you will fall. On one occasion, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 and 12, 13, he said, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, not my gospel, to preach Christ's gospel, he says, And a door was opened unto me of the Lord. Verse 13, he said, I had no rest in my spirit, because I found not Titus my brother, but what taking my leave, I left. So, child of God, when you are prepared, you know that not all doors that are open are actually doors. When you are prepared, you know not all accolades are accolades. Some want to destroy you. You go on evangelism. You pray. Blind eyes open. Deaf ears open. The dumb begin to speak. Woo! The Spirit of God is moving. Uh, I've registered my ministry. And we are moving to another location. You break away. When you break out, when you are not prepared, you will break down. Paul said it. Although a door was open, I did not go because I did not see my titles with me. So I left and went back to Macedonia. In the place of preparation, you know and you understand times like the sons of Issachar. The Bible says that they understood times and season. They understood times and season. They understood the harvest is ripe. Let's go out. Hey, they understood that when this door opens, let us utilize this door. Hey, but another door opens and they say, no, 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 no. It, this is not the door because not all that glitter is gold. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? Somebody say prayer is the catalyst. It is the driving force. It is the pushing power. In Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to 4, the Bible talks about a man by the name Colinius, who was a centurion of the, of the Italian band. He was a senior officer. He was a big man in the army. But in verse 2, the Bible says that he was a devout man. One that feared God with all his house. This is a man that was prepared. If I fear God, all of you must fear God with me. Because if you are the only shining light in your house, the darkness that surrounded, they will fight so hard to drown it. But imagine if everybody is a shining light in the house. What happens? We shine bright. Are you understanding me? So, he feared God with all his house. He gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Verse 3. He saw in a vision evidently. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day. An angel of God coming to him and saying to him, Cornelius. When he looked at him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, thy prayers and the arms, your prayers and your giving are come up for something for me to remember. Cornelius was a blessed man. He would keep giving and keep praying. Somebody will ask, so what was he looking for? All he wanted was to keep constant communication with God. And in verse 10, go to verse 10. The Bible says, <laughs> talking about Peter, at the same time Cornelius was praying, Peter was hungry and would have eaten. 
But while they were making his food, he fell into a trance. Skip back to, skip back to verse 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the house top to pray about what? A short while before Cornelius would pray. But guess what God did? He put the burden of Cornelius on the heart of Peter. It was in this trance that God will reveal to Peter a blanket dropping from the heavens. Different sort of animals. God used what was wrong with him to speak to him. He was hungry. So God said, kill and eat. And he said, no, 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 no. I can't eat this. These are unclean things. And God rebuked him and said, do not call what I have made unclean. What was God trying to explain to him? I am sending you to a man called Cornelius, who is of the Italian band. He's not a Jew. He's not a Jew. He's not a Jew. So you may not want to preach to him because he's not like me. No, 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 no. When you pray, God takes that burden on your heart and places it on the heart of somebody else. Somebody hearing me. Reinhard Bonnke never had to pay for jets to take him for evangelism. God placed it on the heart of, uh, what's his name now? Kenneth Copeland, who is alive and well and kicking to ensure that for every evangelistic outreach Reinhard Bonnke had to go to, his jet was fueled, ready to go. Are you ready to do this thing? Is God ready to make provision? Somebody shout hallelujah. And so, understand, prayer is a driving force. Colossians 4.3 With all praying also for us, that God will open unto us a door of utterance. There is a door of opportunity. There is a door you should not enter. There is a door of utterance. When the door of utterance is open to you, you no longer speak on the basis of intelligence, but as a mouthpiece of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You no longer speak based on what you know. As the Bible says in Colossians 4.3, he says, you begin to speak the mysteries of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. I am also in covenant. I am also in connection. Understand this. There is power in the seed. What is the seed? The word of God. In the beginning. Talk to me. And the word was with who? And the word was what? God. In the beginning was the seed. The seed of God was with God. And God was his seed. That is why his word can never go unaccomplished. It must fulfill the purpose for which it was sent. The word of God is capable of influencing people. So what we are to do when we evangelize, speak the word of God to them. Don't speak your own doctrine. You know, when I was, in, when I was ministering in Chicago, shut up. We don't want to hear about your ministry in Chicago. Talk to me about the word of God. When I was in my former church, I don't want to hear. Just talk to me about the word of God. There was never a time Jesus would be speaking. He said, you know, when I was in the wilderness, when the, when the devil came to tell he didn't have that time. He didn't have that time. Because he knew my story, my history, is not what will cause the conviction. What causes the conviction is the word of God. Just the other day, when I was flying business class, keep your stories to yourself. I'm less interested. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? It says, for as much as the rain cometh down, Isaiah 55 verse 10, it says, as much as the rain cometh down on the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Look at this. The rain and the snow comes down to the earth, that the earth may bring forth seed to the sower and bread to the eater. It says, so shall my word be. That goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void. So guess what? When you evangelize and speak the word of God, it must produce results. But when you speak your word, no results. So when you don't see results, you begin to consult for power. Like Simon of, uh, is it Simon of Cyrene? 
Cyrene, right? Simon of Cyrene. He, he met the apostle Peter. He said, give me this power. Let me pay for it. How much? I want to, that means that there were other places where they were buying power from. Not be today it starts. Give me, let me, let me, let me just buy small. When I do like this, so you go down. But it never lasts. A church that is not founded upon the word of, let me tell you something. We can switch today and start seeing vision. And by tomorrow, we move from here. You, do you think it's impossible? You think it's impossible? What's that same vision? Andrew, you begin to see both is what you are seeing and what you are not seeing. You begin to call number. Call house address. I know. Let me tell you something. Have you seen me before? Do you know I'm a man of God? I know what you ate this morning. Let me tell you something. You ate bread. Bread. You ate bread. Yeah. yeah. Begin to see. But let me tell you something. Any church that is not founded on the word of God, it shall not last. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible is speaking about this same word. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, he says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged. It is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. The word is that strong to purge you. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This is the power of God unto salvation. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. The word is the power of God unto salvation. The word is what brings about the saving. So if you are preaching your story, your trip in Chicago, when you ministered in the UAE and you went to the south of Africa and you went to DRC Congo and you went to this, it is of no effect. You are just giving CV. When you speak the word, it is quick and it is what? Powerful. Soul winning is the heartbeat of God. So don't you ever say to yourself, I can't do it. I can't do it. Why? Because the Bible says, Philippians 4.13, I can do. How many things? Just a few. Some things I feel like. Some things I'm able to. It says I can do all things by myself. Huh? Christ is what? He is the word. I can do all things through the word that strengthens me. I can do all things through the word that encourages me. That even when I don't feel like doing it, the word says, you know what? Get up. Let's go. He is my encourager. He's my strength. I may be down and out. He's my comforter. The word. Stand on your feet. I want you to shout with a loud voice. I can do all things. Through Christ. That strengthens me. You're going to pray one prayer. Lord, from this day, let your word become my word. I don't want to speak of myself anymore. Look at me. See what God has done for me. Yes, but let me talk about his word first. Because his word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Open up your mouth. Pray that prayer. Lord, let your word become my word. Let your way become my way. Let your thoughts become my thoughts. Let me become like you. Lord, I want to be more like you. Lord, I want to be more like you. Uh, I want to be a vessel you will walk through. I want to be more like you.
as long as you believe on Christ, you believe in Christ and you have accepted him into your life, child of God, you don't need to be called or special ordination for you to know that you have a call of ministry upon your life. As long as you believe in Jesus, that's the call you need. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That is the call you need. Lift your hands to heaven. Lord, help me to be your mouthpiece. Help me to speak for you. Help me without fear to declare your word to the nations of the earth. I want to be a vessel you we walk through. I want to be more like you. Give us grace, O oh Lord. Give us strength. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Somebody clap those hands and give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you been blessed this evening? Do you know what to do? So when you go out in tools and you see some doors that are open, the doors look juicy. They look wonderful. You know well not to enter it alone. You know well to look for your titles. Is somebody understanding me? Take out a good offering this evening. I want to be a vessel you will walk through. I want to be more like you. Hallelujah. Lift up your offerings. If you are doing a transfer, lift up your hands to the heavens. Father, thank you for your many blessings upon our lives. Thank you for increase on every side. We give unto you, O oh God, in thanksgiving because you have done so much for us. Lord, bless our offerings this day. Let it come up to you as a sweet-smelling offering. Let our offering and our prayers become a memorial for you to look upon and remember us for good. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit of God. Clap those hands. Give God praise. Give your offerings as we rejoice. Yes.
weekend shall be beautiful for you. The hand of God shall reach out unto you and save you. The hand of God shall reach out unto you and provide for you. The hand of God shall reach out unto you and keep you from falling. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit of God. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Remember, tell someone about the love of Christ. Let's share the grace together in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. And surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a splendid weekend.